0: Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars. Yeah, I'm revved up and very excited to share with you today a guest, Brian Baker. He's calling in from beautiful Portland, Oregon, just south of me here. Uh, I'm up here in Gig Harbor, so we're just a couple hours apart. Brian Baker is the information technology manager for Keith Martin's Sports Car Market magazine. He is a fourth generation automotive enthusiast whose interests are heavily focused on Japanese cars from the 1970s through the 1990s, and he has a deep interest for the Japanese subculture. Brian writes for the Rising Sun column in Sports Car Market Magazine, a column about the Japanese car market and trends. His passion is wrenching on project vehicles, which include a 1977 Datsun 280Z, a 92 Honda Civic hatchback, I should say, two Honda Aero 50 scooters, and two 1987 Honda Honda elite 50s scooters. We'll be right back to talk with Brian, but first a word from our valued sponsors that make cars yeah possible. We'll be right back. You know, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft Seat Covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft Seat Protectors are easy on, easy off designs that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks. Their seat savers are custom tailored to fit your seats just like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim-weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn a lot more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark Green at Cars Ya sent you. By the way, I've got a deal for you. You can get 10% off using the code YEAH120, that's Y-E-A-H, 120 at checkout. Go to Covercraft.com, use the code YEAH120, and get 10% off today. Covercraft, they've got you covered. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read whether you dream of owning a collector car or if you have 200 in your garage, Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get an exclusive SCM guide to restoration shops included for free, and I've got a couple very cool offers. One is if you go and subscribe to their digital subscription, you're going to get 50% off using the code cars. Yeah, that's right, fifty percent off their digital subscription. But wait, that's not all. If you go and subscribe and get their print magazine and use the code BSH, you get ten dollars off. That's right, ten dollars off. Why BSH? Well, that's the Buy Sell Hold podcast that I do every Tuesday with Keith Martin. You'll find it here on the Cars Yeah website or using your mobile device with any mobile device podcast app, or you can find it at sportscarmarket.com. That's buy, sell, hold, the essence of collecting. Hey, Brian, welcome to Cars Yeah! Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride?
1: I'm in my seat, ready to go.
0: All right, we'll have some fun here. Before I jump into some questions, I would like for you to share with my audience one little thing that most people don't know about you, Brian.
1: Probably just how long I've been interested in cars. Uh, I've been into cars since, since I first started talking. My dad bought Hot Wheels for me. And I remember I was like one or two years old and my mom would joke around saying anytime a car would drive by, I would name the model or the make of it. Or I'm like, that's a Honda. That's a, yeah. that's a Chevrolet or something.
0: There you go. Well, for me, you're a lot younger than me, but that was uh, matchbox cars I started with that evolved into Hot Wheels. I also have a bunch of my old Corgis still from way (laughs) back when. So, yeah, I've got boxes of those things. Very cool. Well, listen, as we continue on this journey we call your life, I would love for you to share a mantra or some kind of success quote. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah. So, Brian, grab the wheel.
1: Uh, I would say my mantra would be to really dive deep in your your hobbies or interests and really like figure out the history of why something the way it is mm. uh, for example like certain car hobbies I'm interested in I'm wondering why they picked those types of wheels or or why is it that paint scheme like what was the influence that that drove them to do that
0: well I know you love the Japanese subculture and we had a great little chat before we started recording this show I know maybe I've said this before on my show but Technically, I was made in Japan. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, which is kind of cool. So, w- let's talk about this Japanese passion you have for Japanese cars and scooters and the Japanese lifestyle. What is it about that that intrigues you so much?
1: I think I want to say it first happened when I was younger. My dad was into uh, Datsuns when he was in high school. He had a Datsun 240Z, and then it was wrecked, and then he ended up getting a 280Z later. And after that, he had a Datsun truck. And then he had a Honda CRX. When my parents got divorced, I had good memories of him picking me up in his Honda CRX. And we would go run around the curves and and stuff. So that started my passion for probably Japanese cars in general. Mm -hmm. So when I was old enough to drive a car, uh, I got a hand-me-down Mazda protege. But it wasn't really what I wanted to wrench on. I wasn't really interested in in wrenching on cars by then. Mm But uh, it really came when I ended up getting my first project car and my second actual car, which was a Honda CRX. And ever since then, um, it's just been like a snowball effect of interest in Japan, car culture, their music culture, just the whole aspect of either their daily lives or their interests or their history.
0: Very fascinating. Well, that's cool. I love all things Japanese. I love the simplicity of the Japanese culture. And again, in our pre-show chat listeners, uh, Brian and I were talking a little bit about some YouTube channels that we both follow Uh, about some Japanese home building and crafts and things like that. So uh, we share a passion here. Well, I'd love to talk more about your career. Now, my listeners know that I started this uh, fantastic new podcast every Tuesday with Keith Martin, focused on buying, selling, and holding. It's called Buy, Sell, Hold. It's about the collector car market and you and i've worked together on this because you helped me being the information technology manager there at sports car market magazine so i'd love for you to share more about what gets you excited every day out of the bed working for sports car market magazine and dive into this rising sun column because for an old guy like me and i'll I'll call keith an old guy like me too because we come from the same generation you young guys are really invigorating the car market with specifically japanese cars as they're really starting to come online here, and it's a great way for younger people to get into the collector car market from a price standpoint, but also the volume levels of some of these cars that were built, like the Z cars. There's a lot to choose from. So, what has you excited and fired up every day?
1: Uh, I think the most exciting part uh, about going to work every day is the fact that I combine two of my hobbies, which is computers and information technology and the fact that I get to talk about Japanese cars all day while I'm considered working. Mm-hmm. So I get to browse, bring a trailer for work for my column and I also get to, it seems like I'm goofing off at times. <laughs> yes, just- Yes, I understand. <laughs> I'm browsing car stuff all the time, but in reality I'm actually working and I'm keeping up to date in the market. So I think that's what's exciting for me about working there. And I get to bounce off ideas from coworkers. It's like I'm hanging out with friends almost.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is the secret sauce to life. And you figured out at a young age, Brian, a lot of people, it takes them a long time. And that's what Car Jazz is all about is people who are inspiring automotive enthusiasts, people who figured out how to wrap their passion in their careers. And I was fortunate because the first 11 years of my career, I worked in advertising, graphic design. I love that. And so many times I would pinch myself. I'd be on a photo shoot or I'd be designing something. I'm like, I'm getting paid for this. I mean, I would do this for free. Don't tell my don't tell my <laughs> clients that. But this is so fun. And then working for 20 plus years at Grios Garage, developing product lines, uh, traveling the world, looking for products. And sometimes I would just sit and go, I can't believe I get paid to do something I love so much. This is really fascinating. Now, you guys have there at Sports Car Market Magazine have created the Rising Sun column. Yeah. Tell us more about what that means for you.
1: Well, I originally inherited this column. I I want to say it was about four years ago. Mm-hmm. One of our one of my coworkers was writing about it, and uh, a lot of the cars he would choose. I wouldn't say they were bad choices. They were interesting cars to him, but me being about I don't know like five or six years younger than him, mm-hmm. I had a different perspective on what Japanese cars that uh, fueled my blood. So yeah. I would look at different cars, and I would give sometimes suggestions, and then. It was suggested by uh, Chester, our executive editor. He suggested I should take over the column and then uh, cover Japanese cars from my perspective. And uh, I feel like I'm very much of a specific style. I feel like I'm part of the, the millennial generation that really likes 80s and 90s cars.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I dabble with the 70s cars, but I think that's more me and specific millennials of my generation. Uh, I feel like a lot of us that grew up with the Fast and Furious, we were in high school when those movies came out. We're into a very specific type of Japanese car. And those are what I'm trying to cover for the most part.
0: So let's talk about these Japanese cars a little bit because I find it fascinating, but I also kind of find it very encouraging that millennials are engaging in the collector car market. It means that it's going to continue on as, as again, uh, Keith and I, as older guys, uh, fade off into the distance or wherever we end up going, yeah. driving off into the distance. What are some of the cars that you're seeing right now in the Japanese sector that are becoming collectible and becoming excited or becoming excitable? The cars are excitable. Yeah. The collectors are excitable. Uh, in these markets. So tell us about what cars you're seeing that are coming forward these days.
1: Uh, I was noticing a couple years back the Integra Type R. I've always loved them growing up. I remember back uh, a while ago, I guess it's been over 10 years now, maybe 15, but I remember those were only selling for about $10,000. And I wrote about it about three years ago. I was like, you got to watch out for these Integra Type R's. They're going to come up. Mm -hmm. And now there's some selling for like $90,000. They used to be
0: about $90,000. Oh my gosh.
1: I mean, it has to be a great example to, to bring that kind of money. I want to say uh, this is another reason why I'm working on a, a Honda Civic hatchback right now is I feel that generation of Honda Civic, granted they made millions of them, but the most desirable models having the SI platform or the most desirable body types, the, the coupe and the hatchback, I feel like those are going to come up in value sometime and probably before we know it. I know there's a lot of Honda guys still out there and building parts and or building cars and, and buying parts. But mm-hmm. most of the cars you see out there are really rough. They, they look like they've been in a couple of accidents and they've been tossed together with junkyard parts. So finding a really nice, clean example is going to be very difficult.
0: No doubt. Well, it's really much much the same with any kind of mark or genre or era you're into with cars. You always want to find the best one you can. Or if you're going to find one that's been restored, find one that someone else spent a whole lot of money, probably too much money on.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And then they need to sell it for whatever reason and move on to the next car or whatever that might be. So so if you had to pick, let me ask you this question. If you had to pick a car for three different categories, young people that want to get into collecting, let's start with something under $10,000. What would be a good target for a collector?
1: For a collector? Yeah. I'd probably say if you look... In the private sector, not in the auction world right now, you might be able to find a decent starting project Toyota Corolla AE86. Mm-hmm. It's the um, it's the very popular one from the Initial D manga. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also from uh, the Initial D was also an anime too. It was a very popular drift platform. The drift king himself uh, used to own one and and love driving it. Mm-hmm. I think that was going to be a very collectible car in very nice shape. It's another car that's really hard to find at the moment mm-hmm. unless you're willing to settle.
0: Now, what if we jump into, let's say, the twenty to $30,000 range?
1: I'd probably say you could probably get a nice S2000, maybe one of the limited edition ones. Um, you could import cars from Japan. There's a lot of cars that we didn't get that are desirable. Uh, the Integra Type R. The locally made one, and the or not locally made, the locally sold one in the United States, our Integra Type R had a lot limited uh, production numbers compared to the Japanese model. So mm. it's considered more rare than the Japanese one is. Okay. So one of those you can get between 20 and 30 for the most part. Mm-hmm. What about a Z? A Z? You can get a Z, I guess. Uh, I feel like the Z, the Z market right now, it's flooded with either great cars and average cars and It feels like you could walk into an online dealership, basically, and pick the Z that you want and the condition you want, Mm. which is a great option if you've never had one or you're missing one right now. You can go and get a Z. Uh, I don't really think about it too much anymore since I've already captured mine. (laughs) Yeah, But uh, (laughs) it's definitely something I watch out for. In fact, there was a a very rare 432R that sold in Japan for almost $200,000. Oh! Or no, wait, was it... I think it was actually sold for seven hundred thousand. It's been a while <laughs> since I, I wrote the article on it, but there's such a wide range on the Z. You want you can still get project cars for like two thousand dollars. Yeah, all the way up to great Series One examples for seventy thousand dollars.
0: Now that high-priced car you're talking about was that the green Z?
1: Yeah, it's sold – okay, so BH Auction, um, it's an upcoming auction company. They've done a couple auctions so far, but it's strictly Japan-based, which is really nice because they're starting their own collector car market with auctions out there. And it's there's a Nissan Fairlady Z432R, which was such a limited production number. They think there's only about 20 to 30 examples still existing. Oh, wow. Um, and it sold for eight hundred thousand oh, dollars.
0: Well, gee, we jumped from the twenty-five to thirty grand up into the eight hundred thousand yeah. dollars. We 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 missed a whole <laughs> big segment there. Well, let's let's go backwards a little bit because okay. you're getting into nosebleed territory where most people can't play in that field. But let's go. So we talked a little bit about the twenty to thirty. What about when you can move into around fifty grand, somewhere in that kind of area? And again, we're talking for young collectors who are just starting. Not a lot of people have that kind of money to throw around, but maybe some do. So if we moved up. Up to the next tier, what would be a car to look for in that area?
1: Uh, I would probably start looking at the Japanese market at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have some older uh, Nissan laurels. They call them Budaketsu, which means pig ass in Japan. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so it has a large posterior. So okay, yeah. I would recommend probably something like that. Or you could probably get a, a Skyline, uh, like a GT, like a 2000 GT, uh-huh. like a Ken Mary. You could probably start looking at some nice uh, R34 skylines. They're about to be legal within a couple of years. Yep. Uh, you can probably secure one of those, get it stored in a garage over there and, and wait to ship it over. it over. Yeah, very cool.
0: Awesome. Well, there's a couple action or options, I should say, for young people uh, who are just getting into the collector car market in a wide variety of price ranges. I think that's what's great about the Japanese market. Let's talk about a big challenge or a big failure that you faced along the way in your career or your life. I want you to kind of take a deep dive into what that was, but more importantly, what was the lesson learned so that you could come out in a positive way on the other end? So take us on a trip.
1: Okay. So there was this time, I think it was about five or six years ago, uh, that Project uh, Z-Car we were talking about at the beginning. I just got finished building the motor on it. the When I purchased it, the motor was outside the car about three quarters of the way built. And I took it upon myself to take buckets of parts and this engine that wasn't even in the car and this shell, take it home, put it together, and then get a running and driving car. So I spent about a year piecing together all the little parts and stuff I needed. And uh, I took it down to my dad's shop because uh, he was a car guy too. He's still got a bunch of cars he wrenches on, and I tend to turn to him when I need a lot of help or a bigger part of help on my cars. Great. So I took my Z car down to his shop and we cleaned out the gas tank. Uh, we got it running and got it driving and replaced the struts. And And I finally got the car to a point where I could start driving it every day. And I was driving the Z car every day, like to and from work And it was the only car I had for about seven months. And then me and my girlfriend at the time, we uh, planned to go on the coast. I I kept bringing up, I was like, I think it'd be really fun to take the Z car down the coastal of Oregon and just go for a cruise. Like It's not the same as California One, but it's the closest thing we have kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went to the coast. Uh, We went to Newport and we went to the Ripley's, believe it or not.
0: Museum uh, that they museum, have Museum, yeah, yeah, the
1: museum. And then uh, we went to the the aquarium tours. Uh-huh. And as we were leaving there, we are leaving Newport. Uh, I hit the highway. It's a four, four or five lane. I think it's a five-lane highway in the middle of the city, 35 miles per hour. It's not too fast. And on the right-hand side of me, there was a truck, and there was a, a car in front of me, too. And out of nowhere the car in front of me braked as hard as possible. And oh. it was a it was a newer Toyota Corolla, I want to say 2000s era, mm-hmm. and it probably had anti-lock brakes. Sure. He locked those brakes up, and I tried to lock up my brakes, but I just slid right into the back of him. Yep. It turns out, looking back, there was somebody that was trying to cross the crosswalk, and the person in front of me didn't realize they were trying to cross. And rather than just go through it, because the guy actually hadn't started crossing yet, he slammed on his brakes mm. and... I rear-ended him, so it, my only car, my project car, a car that was at the time 50 years old, 40 yeah. 50 yeah. years old. I was in a really bad place uh, mentally because I was I was so heartbroken, and I'm two hours away from my house. Like I didn't have AAA at the time. I didn't know what to do, so I limped it. I was leaking radiator fluid, we limped to AutoZone. I had to buy, I tried buying some like stop leak and I was like, this isn't gonna work. So I bought a couple bottles of distilled water and we hit the back roads driving back with my dented hood and steaming engine. Oh I was trying to keep it underneath a boiling tempster. So I limped it back to my dad's house and parked it and he had enough shop space that he could keep it there. Ah, uh, the next day we bought a bus ticket back home and uh from there, I had to get another car. so I went out and bought a Toyota Cressida within the next week, which was another project car I wanted to work on mm-hmm. but uh it wasn't it was it took about a a year before I could get that Z back in the road just finding the right parts. Right. I ended up buying a parts car, and at that point, it kind of solidified the fact that. Even though, like, bad stuff happens to your car, Mm -hmm. you can always come back from it. You can always restore it. Unless it's too severe of the damage, of course. But it's still just an object. Like, uh, at, at the time when all of this happened, it felt like my whole world crashed. And I wouldn't be able to recover. And I wouldn't be able to drive this again. Like, should I just throw it away almost at that point? But, um, looking back now, I'm glad i didn't I still have the car. Uh, I just got done doing a two eighty z x distributor swap. I've got wheels coming from japan right now like i've I've got big goals. I'm sanding down the body, getting it ready for paint cool uh, things happen like bad things happen, but you'll get you'll get over it like yeah yeah like it's been a long time since then, so I'm looking back now and like, it's not even a big deal anymore. Like I rarely think about it.
0: Well, the other huge lesson that I always tell people when it comes to having old cars, give yourself way more distance between the guy in front of you because your brakes, you cannot stop like the way new cars stop these days. So you've really got to plan for that. Uh, Otherwise, you'll end up in trouble just like Brian did. Well, I'm (laughs) glad you guys are okay. It was just some damage to the cars. Nobody was hurt. That's the most important thing. Yeah, exactly. Cars can come back. Let's take a short break, thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back to talk a little bit more about cars. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah! And I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at Mark at or connect with me through the CarsYeah website at carsya.com. If you're listening to CarsYeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride, but how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? All right, we're back, and I'd love for you to share a, a story. You touched on this earlier your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were going to be a car guy?
1: Um, I always grew up hanging around my dad when he would wrench on his cars. Mm. Uh, like, he would be in the garage, and I would just be like laying under the car, just staring at it, or, yeah. or just watching him. So, and I had Hot Wheels and, and micro machines. Like, I liked playing with cars. And then growing up, I got into video games prior to actually being able to own a car uh, like me, myself, and a lot of other young people who might not be able to afford a car, they turned to video games. So I grew up playing a lot of car related video games, racing or destruction or or what have you. But I think the pivotal point was when I actually could afford a car and I could actually afford buying parts for it was the big key that I was like, wow, I'm going to be a car guy. As soon as I bought my First set of wrenches and sockets, yeah. and I replaced an axle. That was when I was like, This is really fun. Like, I want to keep doing this. So,
0: what was your first uh, really cool car? Like, the first car you got that you finally went, Yeah, I've been wanting this.
1: That was uh, my 1988 Honda CRX. I had it for 10 years. That car has kind of a, a scary story associated with it. Since I wanted a CRX to replace the one I remember driving around in when I was younger. I told my dad to keep an eye out. I'll sell the daily driver, my Mazda protege at the time. And he called me up one day, I think it was in June or July, and I was still in my freshman year of college. Mm -hmm. And he said, hey, Brian, I found a CRX. It's on my buddy's property. The bad side is somebody drove it onto his property, got out of the car, and shot himself. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, wow, what? That's like, a scary
0: thing. Yeah, that's I'm horrible. I'm like,
1: is, is there something bad with the car? Like, wh- like, is this going to have like bad juju around it or something? Yeah. So I was, like, yeah. I was unsure about it. And he's like, I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to take it home. And I'm going to try to clean it up and fix it up. And if you don't want it, I'm going to sell it. But if you do, it's here. Yeah. And so I was very hesitant. I waited like three or four months before really deciding. I flew over there, checked it out, drove it around. Absolutely loved it. I bought that from him. I want to say it was 2001, or I think it was 2009. Mm-hmm. I picked that car up. And since I was a poor college student, I was doing very basic mods like air intake. I think eventually I bought coilovers and wheels. But I saved up almost seven months of like salary so I can do, or not salary, seven months of hourly wages mm-hmm. at Lowe's just so I can do a motor swap in the car. So I took off, my, I quit my job that summer and I went to my dad's place and we spent the summer doing a motor swap. I did all the wiring, we had to put in axles, I lowered the car, and then I just drove it around that whole summer Either to the coast, and I went up to Seattle. Like it was just a full summer of just having fun with this car, and I ended up keeping the car for about ten years. I wow. gave it a paint job, and yeah. at the end of the ten years, I was like, I don't really want to do anything else to this, and I think it's time to pass it on to the Someone next.
0: one else can have. It. Wow, that's quite a background story. Holy cow! Oh, horrible, yeah. horrible in many ways, of course. But uh, yeah, uh, ended up to go to a, a new family and have some. I shouldn't say it this way. Have a new life, but uh, yeah. It, yeah. it got
1: reborn again, basically. Reborn
0: again. How about this question? I'll bet nobody's asked you this before. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle, what would Brian be and why?
1: Uh I have never been asked that in my life. I don't think I'd be like the Cars movie where I was actually a car. Okay. But I think I would identify as one of those Geo Metros that uh-huh. was like a rebrand or
0: rebrand rebrand, yeah. <laughs> rebrand uh Toyota. Yeah.
1: They're actually Toyota Corollas, and they had the Toyota um, 4AG in them, but they had the Geo Metro badges on them. Right. Because I'm I'm very much American, but many of my interests are Japanese related. Yeah. So there you it's go. It's not a very apparent on yeah. the outside.
0: Yeah. Oh, I like that. Good answer. All right, we're nearing what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and have you give us some quick blips of that Geo Metro throttle. So. <laughs> Here we go. What's one of your personal habits you believe contributes to your successes in life?
1: I think fully diving into whatever your interests are and completely dissecting it apart Mm -hmm. is very crucial. For example, I'm very much into 1980s to 90s style, what they call Kaido Racers, which Mm -hmm. is a subculture in Japan involving modifying cars from that era to make them look like Group B racers or race cars, but they're very much a street version or homemade looking. So when I found out about that, I just dove in. Uh, I'm trying to Google as much information. I'm buying magazines from the 90s from Japan, just so I can get more of a glimpse onto how to correctly do this style. So I feel like if you're very interested in something, you should just go dive deep into that. One more thing too. I feel like also all of the little details on a car, all the little parts and pieces you put onto it, make up the final product. So don't skimp out on little things here and there because eventually it will blur the vision.
0: How about if I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or meal with anyone in the automotive sector or business, living or deceased?
1: I would probably say some of those original Kaido Racer teams and groups I was just talking about back in the 80s or 90s, just so I can pick apart like why they styled their cars the way they did
0: what's the best automotive advice you've ever received
1: probably the best advice that i've received is buy what you love and buy the best you can afford
0: <laughs> yeah that's the best advice for any collector car by far and uh that's been mentioned here many many times it's really important listeners if you're going to go out and buy a car buy something somebody else has spent a whole lot of money on <laughs> And uh, benefit from the depreciation factor there. Uh, How how about a great resource? Is there a great go-to? I have a feeling I know where we're going to go with this question, this answer. (laughs)
1: Uh, Of course, my Works Magazine is a great resource. But uh, I want to say for me, particularly because I'm into the Japanese cars, is Google Translate and Google Chrome to translate web pages. Because within the browser itself, it can auto-translate pages. So I often find keywords in Japanese that for different models or cars And then I I Google that instead because I can get so much more resources than I can in English.
0: Yeah, absolutely. My son's smiling. He works for Google. So (laughs) whenever I call him for IT advice, he always says, Dad, Google it. For goodness (laughs) sake, quit bothering me. I'm like, well, you know, when you needed to learn how to tie your shoe, I stopped and helped you. Uh, But uh, yeah, it doesn't work in reverse sometimes. Now He's a great guy. And of course, one of the best resources out there for car collectors is Sports Car Market Magazine. Uh, By the way, you'll notice in this show, there's an ad spot. Out there. I've got a great deal for people here. A couple nice discounts with some discount codes either the digital version or the print version. You could save 10 bucks or 50% on the digital version. So please take advantage of that. All right. How about a book? Is there a book you read you think our listeners should read?
1: Not particularly an individual book, but I like really importing the um, what they call MOOCs. Um, what are like, MOOCs? MOOC is a magazine book. Okay. So Consider it like uh, it's it's like a big feature version that some magazines put out. I like to import them from Japan. There's a magazine called G Works, which is uh, heavily focused on 70s and 80s cars in Japan, and they sometimes put out mooks, which is a very oh, like interesting. They have a dots and Z mook that I really like.
0: All right. Cool. Well, I learned something today. Mooks. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I either feel really old or now you've just made me feel really young. Now I know what a mook is. So there you go. <laughs> All right. I, swear. <laughs> We're up to the checkered flag here, Brian. And today I'm going to buy you a very cool collector car. Any car you'd like, I'm going to park in your garage. Doesn't matter who belongs to it or who it belongs to. Uh, I'm going to get it for you and park it in your garage. But there's some rules to this game because I'm the guy paying the bill. Okay. It's the only collector car you can have. Uh, you have have to drive it no garage queens allowed around here uh, of course keith Martin's smiling right now to that comment because uh, he's all about driving his cars and eating leaky burritos in his cars he knows what i mean by that comment something i would never do and you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with so what can i buy you today brian
1: i would say that nissan laurel i talked about earlier okay. the budaketsu that's a the model number is a c130 if anybody wants to look it up okay it looks like a, a big-bodied American car, yeah. but it's actually Japanese. It's got the, the Nissan L-Series engine, which you can find tons of parts for because they were in our Datsuns. I don't know. It's just got this big body 70s style that I really like.
0: Wow. Okay. Very cool. Now, do me a favor. Spell for me Budaketsu.
1: It's B-U-T-A-K-E-T-S-U. Budiketsu.
0: Very nice. do yeah. <laughs> I like it. Very cool. Well, Brian, you've taken us on a really fun ride today. This has been great. Learning more about Japanese cars and the younger collector car market. I really want to thank you for sharing your journey with us today. Could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the setting sun? I like the way I incorporated that in that beautiful Nissan Laurel Budiketsu.
1: All right. I would just like to say to some of our older collectors uh, or older guys, there's tons of young people that are still interested in cars. It's just the way that they engage in cars might be different than you might be used to, like going up to meets and stuff. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of people playing video games. Uh, They're on Instagram liking cars. They love cars. They might just not be able to afford it or modify it right now, but it doesn't mean that they aren't interested in them. Absolutely.
0: Now, what's the best way people can follow you, learn more about what you're doing, and of course, find out more about Sports Car Market Magazine?
1: Uh, I have my personal Instagram account is BrianBKRR. I usually cover my scooter projects or my trips to Japan. Me and my friends also share a scooter account page where we try to help people do the correct styling um, for this vintage 80s style, and it's called Gensky House. And other than that, just check out my column in Sports Car Market Magazine.
0: There you go. I'll make sure to put links to all these things on Brian Shunner's page so that if you don't know a lot about the Japanese car market, you can follow him and learn all sorts of cool things. And you know what? We might spark a new passion in you. Brian, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your life's experiences with us today. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks for having me on. Sayonara.